Welcome to another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable with your host, Mindy Harley. Warning, listening to this podcast might cause you to shatter your limited beliefs, recognize your potential and motivate you to be the best you can be. Other side effects may include, but not limited, to grabbing life by the balls, taking no crap from anyone, becoming an unstoppable force at various aha moments to get you thinking outside the box. Hello and welcome back to the first episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable for 2018. And we are starting off with some fire and some direction and some plans for you guys to make 2018 your best year yet. I've got on the show with me back again, Joe Arco, 2017 International Trainer of the Year and Fitness and Business Consultant here to help you guys succeed in the new year and every year. So sit back and by the way, you better grab a pen and a paper because there is lots of info coming at you and you're going to want to write this down if you are in the fitness business and you're a personal trainer. You want to close because coffee is for closes. Let's get it started. Hello and welcome back, Joe Arcos. Thank you so much. Um, the last podcast was an absolute hit. Uh, you left everybody um, full of value and knowledge. I mean, with your sharing, you know, the biggest challenges that was facing fitness professionals today, you know, everything that you learned from your failures, um, to the best advice that you've, that you've received from some of your um, mentors in your life. But um, I think now the, the missing piece to the puzzle is, of course, making money, getting those sales and, and believing why that you can ask for the prices that you do on your programs. And I think that's going to be a major key piece for a lot of the young entrepreneurs out there in the fitness industry. Yeah, well, first and foremost, thank you for having me back. We had a, a good time on our last podcast. I appreciate you having me uh Back for a sequel. Yes, absolutely. No, how could I not follow up with another one? That was a, <laughs> it was a good time. That was a, that was a hour of total <laughs> brain. Um, yeah, it's, everything was just amazing. All the content. So yeah, the the brain was just overloaded with so much information. It took a little while to marinate all of that in. But um, yeah, good to have you back. Excellent. So where would you like to start today with sales? Well, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of, um, you know, they're wondering like the, you know, if there's a, a certain like steps that they should be doing, if there is, you know, maybe a formula for, you know, going through the process from A to Z that uh, would simplify things um, and give them that structure to, you know, apply that to their day to day. Well, it's interesting. Um you know, for people listening to this podcast right now, and this this kind of activity works a lot better when I'm in a, a big group setting, but one of the things I, I usually do when I'm talking about sales or talking about business and I've got a, a huge group in front of me is, you know, I ask the question, how many people like to make money? And if you're listening to this right now, just think to yourself, like, do you like to make money? And I'll, and I'll ask you this question, like, do you enjoy making money? Absolutely. <laughs> now, I ask that same question to a group of people, and then... I ask them, the next question I ask them is, how many people here truly love selling? And suddenly all the hands go down. And in this industry, I find that there is a disconnect. People, 
people love to train people, transform people's lives. They love the, you know, certification after certification. They love the working on their field and, and, and you know, working with people, but they hate to sell. And I, and I hear this all the time, people going, I don't like selling, I just like training. And, and the reality is, you know, to me, life is a sale. Every moment, you know, every, I mean, you can't go a day without selling. And before we start talking about sales today, I actually just want to change the word. So instead of saying, you know what, how many people like selling, what if we change that word to persuading? So how many people here like to persuade? And, and when you think about this, if you're in a relationship or when you're a child, like how many kids are selling on a daily basis? If you want something, that's a sell. Yeah. And the reality is you look at any child who wants something, they don't ask once, get told no, and then they quit. Uh, you know, some are more persuasive than others. Um, some throw fits. Some <laughs> have their ways of finding, you know, even at a young age, we learn how to persuade to get what we want. And I think the, the sooner that we learn how to persuade and how to be able to persuade clients to working with you, the easier and, and, and the better your sales are. And one disclaimer that I want to kind of put before we, t- we had this conversation today, this conversation does not apply to those who suck at what they do. So I'm not here today, and then, you know, I, I don't mean to offend anyone, but if you're not good at what you provide a really, really good service, I'm not here to teach you how to trick people to buying your service. I'm not here to give you the, the sleazy sales techniques to get someone to buy training or services from you, and the reality is they shouldn't be hiring you. So I really kind of want to make sure that, that this conversation is for people who are damn good at what they do. And if you're really good at what you do, the reality is selling should be easy because, you know, I love what I do. I love, and if you're in this field and you're in the fitness field and you sell, you. And that's, that's the best part about what we do is you get to sell yourself. So, you know, the first thing you should look at is if you don't like selling, what is it about you that you don't like? That's what it comes down to because, I mean, we're not selling widgets. We're not selling cars. We're not selling Coke or Pepsi or other, you know, someone else's product. We're literally selling the service that we provide. So anyone out there right now who has a hard time selling or doesn't like to sell, I need you to start looking at things a little differently. You're persuading people to hire you to help change their lives. To me, that's pretty powerful. That's pretty pretty amazing. The fact that you have the, the impact and the ability and, and the, the power to really – Change someone's life. If that doesn't excite, you know, excite you to want to sell that service to people, then you know, hopefully you can take some nuggets from this conversation today, or hope, maybe hopefully you can help change your views and make your ability to, to collect money for the service you provide a lot easier. Mm, yeah, so you know, if you're not doing, not doing a good job, <laughs> what are you doing? Go back, get better at it, and then come back and listen to this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I just see this way too much where people are, I think we had this conversation last time, like people just aren't paying their dues. People are, you know, if, if everyone starts somewhere, I mean, like that, that's not, you know, that's not what I'm trying to say is that, you know, you shouldn't be selling yourself if, you, if you're not great at what you do. But the reality is this is not meant to, to trick people. This is not meant to, I guess, outweigh the fact that you're not a great personal trainer and you got really great skills. And, um, you know, I actually wrote a post about this quite a while ago, and I, and I talked about kind of like the, the four different types of trainers that you have. And, you know, category one is the trainer who is so 
so amazing at what they do. They just don't have the confidence in themselves and they undervalue. These are the trainers that basically charge 20, 30, 40, 50% what they should because they don't have the confidence to actually charge what they're worth. Category two people I find are the personal trainers who work in like a big box gym or for someone else and they have to sell at a rate of 80 or 90 or $100 an hour and they don't feel that they're worth that much. Even though they know they're not collecting that whole money, they have a hard time mm-hmm. doing a consultation and, and getting someone to actually say, hey, pay me this amount because they don't have the confidence to even ask them for that. Category three trainers are my least favorite. These are the ones who think they are absolutely amazing. They have all the confidence in the world. They have the 50,000 social media followers for justification, but they're absolutely garbage trainers, but they're charging a killing. Yeah. Unfortunately, they they are the worst people for our industry um, because they they feel validated by how many people think that they're awesome, but the reality is they're not great trainers at all. And category four are my favorites. These are the people who never stop learning. These are the people that are amazing at what they do, and they charge what they're worth. And my goal when I work with people is to make everyone into a category four trainer. And and that's basically when when you're able to correlate your value and what you're able to provide people, and you charge accordingly, that's when you love what you do and you're, you're passionate about what you do, and the reality is you make a good living at what you do at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, when the two come together like that, it's a beautiful thing. It is definitely very good. And I, I saw a post about this last week about um, there seems to be this, this notion in the fitness industry that if you're trainer that you shouldn't make a lot of money and I don't know if you've seen this a lot and you know we we have this kind of underground cult of 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 this entrepreneurial lifestyle that we live as personal trainers and we are kind of fed to believe that we work the crappiest hours you know we work when everyone else doesn't want to work so early in the morning late at night weekends and that's kind of a struggling profession you know and yeah money and it amazes me. It amazes me, I think. I don't know if we're just bred to think that way or we're just conditioned to think that way. But, I mean, I don't know a lot of jobs where you can set your own hours and, and have so much residual income and have so much potential for, for money. I think people almost look down upon you if you're making a lot of money as a trainer. Like, oh, you know, you shouldn't be charging so much. You should be wanting to help people for free. Well, you know, you get paid for the problems you solve. And yeah. you solve the more money you get to make. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I don't think there's anything greedy about making a lot of money and, and being able to charge what you, you, you definitely believe that you deserve. So I think, uh, you know, people listen to this as well that are afraid to, to charge more money or they feel bad about that situation. You know, we spend a lot of time perfecting our craft and doing what we do and going to seminars and, and learning and, and, you know, doing the work outside of the gym stuff for clients, and those things need to be factored in in terms of what we charge and what we place as a, as a value to what we give. Yeah, and how do you feel that, like, the people, because I know uh, with a lot of, like, my trainer friends, you know, and there's they, there's always that kind of, like, undercutting, you know, that and it's harder for them, you know, that in the meantime, like, they're they're trying to build their business, they're trying to make money, you know, they're, um, they're charging, like, a fair rate, However, um, you know, and it's a rate that they feel is good. And, and in my opinion, sometimes, like, they could probably even charge more. But it's at a pretty good rate. But then they're getting undercut by, you know, and losing uh, clients to people, you know, the ones that you said, like, the category, um, what is it, the category th- three? Category three, the, yeah, the Insta-famous, 
you know, well, even like the category twos and stuff, they're they're losing them. Like they're they're potentially actually like sitting on like a category. They're a category four trainer, and they're losing to like all the other categories. <laughs> you know what? Being in this field, and then, you know, w- without sharing our our combined total years in this industry, making ourselves feel very old. Um, you know, <laughs> we've been doing this for a long long period of time, and you know, I've had I've, I've worked at studios, I've I've owned my own facility, and one thing I've learned is to never undervalue what I charge and never undervalue my service. And the moment you get into what I call kind of like the, the gas station effect where people are going to travel maybe an extra kilometer to save three cents a liter, you know what, if you want to travel to another facility to save five bucks an hour, go ahead. And I have found that the more confident that I am in my pricing, the more confident that I am in my service, the more confident people hire me for the experience that they're going to get and the problem I'm going to solve. And the problem is if you become one of those facilities where let's say you're, you're running a boot camp class or you're doing personal training sessions. And I think where people start to get into that, that money war game is when they're exchanging hours for dollars and people only see the value in time, let alone the value in what they're receiving for that time. So, Hey, if I can go to a boot camp class for $10 a class um, and, and you know, me down the streets doing it for eight bucks a class, I'm going to go for the eight bucks a class instead. But when you, when you are able to sit down or you're able to share with the clientele or the people that you're working with the value and the benefits of working with you, they shouldn't be looking at the price tag as much as the experience. And, you know, this, this is for those that are, are great at sales and do a lot of sales reading and research and stuff like that, you know, it's people know that we don't buy things. We buy an experience. We buy feelings. Yeah. So whether it's a brand new car, a house, your new Louis Vuitton, whatever it is, you might think you're buying that thing, but really what you're buying is how you feel when you buy it. And people have argued with me, you know, no, 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 you know, I bought, I bought the car not because of how I feel, but I want that car. I'm like, really? Because five years down the road, do you have the same feeling every single day when you get in that car? No, you don't. That feeling goes away. So it's not things that we buy. It's the, the feeling and the experience that we're selling. And you know, I can think of a, a huge amount of times where either a restaurant or a hotel or airfare, whatever it may be, like, you know, I've gotten such an exceptional service. I didn't care what the price was. I told so many people about it, and I really cared about how I felt during that experience. That's what I paid for. And whatever, you know, whether you own a facility or you're just doing personal training or you have multiple sources of revenue, you should always be thinking about what is the value, what is the service and the experience that I'm providing? How do my clients feel when they're with me? How do I make them feel right off the get-go during my pre-qualifying stage, during my consultation? Do I make the entire experience about them? Do I get to know them? Do I get them to buy into the process of what we're selling? Or am I just merely saying, here's our services, here's our prices, does that work for you? And that's where a lot of people make that mistake. Mm. Yeah. They're not playing into the whole experience and the feelings and tapping into, you know, what what uh what makes them happy and what they want to what they want to achieve out of it and what they're, you know, tapping into their emotional state, you know. Exactly. And I think um, you know, one thing that I teach people is that there are six reasons why someone is going to hire you as a trainer. And the sooner you figure out what these six reasons are, the easier it is for you to sell. 
And if you don't actually understand this, and if you don't apply this to your consultation, this is where there's a disconnect in communication between someone sitting with you, screaming out to you why they're there to see you in the first place, and you're giving them a different reason as to why they should hire you. And so if you have a pen and paper right now, I want you to write these things down. I want you to think about this. Um, for those listening, the next time you're, you're sitting doing a consultation is truly understanding why that person is coming to see you. And, and commonly what happens is, you know, a client comes in, you get to know them a little bit, you ask them why they're there, they want to lose some weight, and then you jump, here's my programs, here's my prices. Um, so the six reasons why someone is going to hire you. One, they need knowledge. Reason number two, they're looking for motivation. Reason number three, accountability. Reason number four, they're looking to save time. Reason number five, they're looking for reassurance. And reason number six, and this is more rare, but it happens, is they're looking for status. Mm-hmm. So when you look at this, so let's say, for example, so we've got knowledge, motivation, accountability, saving time, reassurance, and status. These are the six reasons why someone's going to hire you. And so when you understand what that person, once you get to their trigger point or once you get to their reasoning, it's so easy to sell. And so if you think about this, um, you know, pe- you know, a client comes in and they're currently working out six days a week. They're doing cardio. They are, you know, they pre-plan their meals. They, they seem to be doing everything right. Do they really need motivation? No. They might need more knowledge because maybe what they're doing isn't correct or it's not reaching them towards their goals. So if you keep, if you're, if you're speaking a different language to them and they're sitting down going, yeah, you know what, I train six days a week, I'm eating really healthy, blah, 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 and you try selling them on accountability or motivation, you're speaking a different language. If someone comes in and they are a busy, busy, busy person and they're screaming, you know what, I care about my health, but I don't make myself a priority. I don't make time for myself. I don't have time to work out. And all you start talking about is the knowledge aspect or how it is and the science behind your workouts. They don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're just like, look, book me in for an appointment. Don't talk to me. Don't tell me what you're doing. Just come in and bust my ass. That's all I want to do. Yeah. So when you look at these six reasons, and it's interesting because, you know, when I start teaching this to people, they start looking at the consultations very differently. You know, we've had, um, like, even some of our mentorship groups and some of our training programs that we offer, like, we have other trainers coming to us for training and we're thinking like, you know, sometimes they ask questions, like they'll send an email going, Hey, can I substitute this for this? Or they start, you know, they start asking what I would consider to be kind of like ridiculous questions. And, you know, we send a response back going, look, you are a trainer and I'm sure you answer this question to your trainers or to your clients all the time. So what would you say to your clients? And, you know, the response we, we get back a lot is, you know, I'm just looking for reassurance. I look up to you. You are, you know, a mentor. So I kind of know what I'm doing right, but it's nice to hear that I'm on the right, the right page. And it makes you realize, wow, like everyone's got a different reason why they're hiring you. And the faster you can figure out what that reason is, the happier they're going to be. And I see a lot of trainers trying to dump their certifications and how smart they are and what they know. Most people don't care. And what I found in my experience, most people are looking for some accountability. It's probably the number one thing that I see the most is accountability. So when you're selling someone, how can you reassure them that you are going to make them accountable? They're looking for the how-tos, how to work out properly, how to eat properly. Some people might need some motivation to get to the gym and work a little bit harder. When you start going through these six reasons, 
keep note of these when you're sitting down with someone or you're doing your, your intake forms or you're doing your, your consultations and, you know, without outright saying, so here's the six reasons why you might hire me, you know, circle which was applied to you. This should be basically brought out of them through your conversation, um, through your initial consultation as well. And as soon as you figure this out, selling's way easier. Yeah. It would, it's, I mean, you're, it's having that knowledge and I mean, you have to be aware and it's blocking out everything that, um, you know, that you've, you know, the stuff that you think is, is important to you or the stuff that you're, you're most proud about, whether it be your certifications or, you know, your, you really have to pinpoint, you know, what is it they need from you and you have, and you have to drop, you know, the ego in a sense and totally listen and be involved with what they're trying to tell you and really listen to those key trigger points like you were saying to, to match, to match up your conversation with them and investigate and problem solve and then tailor and then close the sale. <laughs> you know, it's funny because it's, uh, I mean, the sale should never be that challenging because if you've done your job, like personally speaking, if, if you've done your job and your, your, your closing rate is not 90%, you, you fucked up somewhere. Mm-hmm. And now, now let me backtrack that. If you work for a big box gym and every client that signs up on a membership is kind of coerced into getting a consultation, the leads are not as, as warm. If someone yeah. contacts you or is referred to you or they respond to a post or one of your social media, um, you know, ads and they're like, Hey, I'm looking for a trainer and they contact you and they decide to sit down with you. You should be able to close that person 90% of the time. When you understand that the power it takes for someone to admit they need help and to reach out to you that they need help, they've already made the decision that they need someone. And if you can't convince them in, in a half hour or 45 minutes that you have the solution to their problem, it's not because you're too expensive. It's not because they have to go home and think about it. It's not because they have to ask their wife or their husband. It's because you did a shitty job convincing them that you can help solve their problem. Mm. And you need to reevaluate how you're doing your actual consultation procedure. Um, now, I'm not sure how much, how much time you want to spend on this, but I actually have a six-step sales formula that I teach people to understand the psychology of a consultation and the psychology of, of selling and actually putting the onus on the client to tell you what you need rather than you selling your services or your hours for dollars or your my package of the month kind of system. Mm, well, if you're ready, if you're ready to speak on it, you know, let's, uh, let's get right into it. Oh, I have no issue sharing this. And I have people, <laughs> if, if you're listening right now, honestly, this, this works a lot better with a PowerPoint presentation because there are some visuals to go with this. But for the sake of, um, you know, uh, us, us speaking on this podcast today, I'll, I'll do as well as I can with uh, audio minus the, visu- the visual. So you will need kind of a, you know, grab a pad of paper and, and a pen and jot some stuff down as I go through this. And um, I mean, I don't know if you offer any resources or if, if I can, you know, provide some stuff on your social media feeds with some some visuals of this as well. I'm, I'm more than happy to share some of the stuff with people. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, social media, we can share a little bit more. So yeah, if you've got anything afterwards, we can uh, can share that up with the audience. So what I'm going to do right now is the I'll, I'll go through. There's technically seven steps, but, but one is kind of a, just a a beginner step. But um, if you want to kind of play along here and, and just write some of this stuff down, I wouldn't mind even going through the consultation process with you, so people can see the wording, the questioning, how this is done, why this is done, 
and, and how I, I've been using the system for over 10 years. I've talked to so many gyms and so many trainers. For those who hate selling, this makes selling so much easier. Okay. So if you have a pen and paper, we'll jot this stuff down. We'll, I'll, I'll give you one through six to begin with, and then you and I can kind of go through each of them individually so you can understand why we go through it this way, the importance of doing it, um, and how it all fits together. So Perfect. number one, A. So this is even before you meet with someone. You should have a pre-qualifying, some kind of online form, or some kind of sheet that you give out to pre-qualify people. So 1A is going to be pre-qualifying people before the consultation. Once that person actually comes in, so kind of step number one for the sales formula is building rapport. Mm -hmm. And we'll discuss all these in more detail in a little bit. So right now I'll just give you all six. Number two is something I call the past, current, and future. So the short form, you can just put PCF or the past, current, and future. Number three is called the spectrum. Step number four is called the staircase. Four is the staircase, okay. Step number five is called your process. Your process, okay. And number six is the call to action. CTA, all right. CTA. If you guys don't know CTA, you're missing out. <laughs> so we'll go through each one of these. Um, how, how much time do we have here? Oh, we're good still. Okay, because this will take a little bit of time to go through. I think this will be like the, the meat and potatoes of what you're really looking for today and what I think will help a lot of people with their sales. So first and foremost, you should, and I highly recommend that every single person out there has a pre-qualifying document. Now, this document could be a PDF that you send out to people. It could be into Google Forms that you can just send a link and people can fill out. So the pre-qualifying forms that I've been using for over a decade is 14 pages long. It is a long document. Like we're talking, it goes from, uh, you know, basically a standard part two information, lifestyle. We go into like deep health questions. We go into, um, you know, their current situation, what their goals are. It's a very lengthy document. Now, keep in mind, out of those 14 pages, the first page is their name, address. Um, second page is part Q. The last two pages are actual, um, it's almost like a contract where I stipulate, okay, you know what, um, I, I need the consultation sheet given back to me 24 hours before we meet. Um, you know, we do take pictures. There's a consent for that. There's a cancellation policy. I don't give any information on my, on my prices. But the very first contact they have with me is extremely thorough and professional. And the reason why I do this is for a few reasons. One, I've had people where they contact me, I send out this pre-qualifying form out, and they respond back to me with, do I really need to fill this out? <laughs> and guess what my response is? <laughs> my response is always the same. I don't. I let it sit there for 20 of the email. And usually what will happen is they'll send me an email a day or two later going, um, hey, Joe, did you get my email? I'm like, yeah, I did. I just figured if you weren't very serious about my intake form, then I can't be really serious about taking you on as a client. And it's amazing how many people will apologize, and right from the get-go, they are serious about working with me. Yeah. And I'm not rude about it. I'm like, look, if, if it's too much for you to fill out, information to give me the clues necessary to work with you, maybe this isn't a good fit because I love to make sure that I'm thorough with the people I'm working with, I'm professional with the people I work with, I'm courteous with the people I work with. If that's not what you're looking for, then by all means, this might not be a good fit. 
Yeah. And people's, people's mentality switch. And it's interesting because if you ever have a client that's a kind of a pain in the ass client, you're like, oh my God, I can't stand dealing with them, blame yourself. Because mm-hmm. you are the one who sets the tone right from the get-go by the way you do your consultation, by the way you, you, you lay out your expectations with them. You can control how your clients respond to you. And this is one thing that I've always done to make sure that my clients are serious. They take me seriously, and as soon as we sit down that consultation, they know I mean business, and they know that they're in the right hands, that someone really, really gives a shit about them, and they're thorough to make sure they have all the information necessary. Now, if you have a way, like, I have no issues in sending you the, 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 the pre-qualifying um, sheet that I have if you want to send it to your listeners or put something on your website. I'll even put in a Word document so they can change it, logo it, do whatever they want with it. Um, So step number one is just pre-qualifying, making sure the people that are sitting down with you are serious. There is nothing more frustrating than sitting down on a consultation within the first 10 minutes you realize this person shouldn't be here. So Mm -hmm. don't waste your time, and I don't want my time being wasted at all. So before I even sit down doing the consultation, I always do my pre-qualifying first. Now, let's go through, and if you don't mind, um, I'm going to kind of role play with you a little bit as well and make sure that people can kind of see how this is done. Once people actually come in, we sit down, that person's now in front of me, we start our consultation. Okay, so for example, you know, you and I meet, you sit down. First thing that people should be doing is breaking the ice and building some connection. So we talk about number one thing that you should be doing when someone sits down with you is start building rapport. Rapport does not mean, hey, welcome, thanks for coming to the consultation today, so what are your major goals? Slow down. So step number one when we do this, get to know someone. And what I would recommend is imagine someone, you know, you went to high school with, they're an acquaintance of yours, they they moved away a long time ago, they found you on social media, they're in your city now, and they want to meet up for a coffee because they're looking at you. And when you meet with that person, you wouldn't just dive right into your little consultation sheet. You're like, hey, long time no see, what's going on? What have you been up to? Tell me about yourself. The importance of building rapport and proper rapport in the initial consultation, to me, is one of the most important things. So when we talk about building rapport, the very first question I usually ask someone is, hey, you know what? Thank you so much for making some time and coming in here today. Before we get started, I'd love to learn more about you. Tell me about yourself. So let's actually do this with you. So you know what? There's a lot that I probably don't know about you. So why don't we take a few minutes right now? Why don't you tell me more about yourself? Oh, geez. Well, hmm. <laughs> originally from Canada, uh, lived in lived in Mexico for two years, and that time, that last uh, little bit, that's where I met my husband, and he is living in Omaha and moved out to Omaha, and we got married, oh, about six months after we met in Vegas, a quick little ceremony out there, a surprise ceremony for all of our friends, managed to convince everybody and everything, and uh, it's been good living here now for since 2015, the almost three years, and heading out to Canada to, for him to introduce, uh, introduce him to the rest of my family here that he hasn't been able to meet here for Christmas, so having So where about in Canada are you? Where about in Canada are you from? Originally from a tiny town called Dauphin, Manitoba, and... Lived in Winnipeg uh, for a good Winnipeg. Yes, Winnipeg. The only cold uh, out. <laughs> I travel to Winnipeg once a year, where I do some uh, some fishing, where they fly us into an island just about an hour north of Winnipeg. So I've uh, 
I've been around Winnipeg, but I can't say I've enjoyed the winters there or ever been to yeah. you know, experience the winters there. Yeah, it's uh, it's best not to. <laughs> Mind you, we're coming down for Christmas. That's totally an exception. I would not. I'm not the type of person that spends money on uh, cold vacations. So the, mm. kind of like the ski trips or anything else like that. Mm, no, not my thing. So how did you end up going from Winnipeg to Mexico? Well, I uh, actually had a side track into Vancouver there for a little bit. And then when I was in Vancouver, um, I was with a gentleman out there for a while. We dated, and uh, he got a job out in Mexico working in timeshare. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that uh, that led us down to, down to Mexico. But, uh, unfortunately, he passed away in an accident, and that's where I... Right. Uh, no problem. Uh, circle of life. But, um, yeah, and then I stayed in Mexico and stayed out there and, you know, managed to pick up Spanish pretty good and really enjoyed it. Had a condo right on the beach. And, yeah, I'm hoping to get back there here soon, one of these days. Hey, what do you do now? What do you uh, do now I, I help my husband uh, run Rock Solid Nutrition. It's our supplement company here. It's, uh, it's kind of been the... Um, local Omaha um, supplement company for, uh, we started it for, you know, the clients, everything for the gym here and decided to uh, ramp up our marketing efforts on that and take it to uh, more of an online stream uh, with our sales and get away from the brick and mortar. Um, and I also do uh, coaching and consulting for young entrepreneurs uh, to understand how to align their goals and their uh, business efforts with a online strategy that will help them build community, rapport, and leads. Very nice. How long have you been doing that for? Well, I actually started in the uh, whole social media marketing world back in around 2010, and I was doing a lot of management, social media management for a lot of companies, corporate, and, you know, I saw a lot of my friends struggling, you know, with their own um, with their own businesses online and, you know, successfully doing social media and learning how to advertise. And, you know, I, I understood that not everyone can afford um, a big social media management company to manage their business for them. And I offered, um, so I decided to do coaching and consulting for them at a much more affordable price point that then they would have the knowledge and the tools to operate their business uh, online from a standpoint of a professional social media marketing team. So I've been doing that for started that in almost a year now, branched out. So aside from helping so many people and staying busy and the supplements, when do you find time for yourself? What do you like to do? Oh, <laughs> I uh I generally, you know, I work really long hours throughout the uh the week. Um it's kind of I wake up at five AM, I go to the gym, um, do my morning cardio, it's kind of my meditation uh time for me. That's my me time. And then uh I work out I'm getting an hour workout in the afternoon. And then, you know, the weekend since I usually pull like fourteen hour days throughout Monday to Friday, um, if there's anything on the weekend that still needs catching up. Um, I do so, but other than that, the weekend's kind of the time for me to unplug from being online because I am online. <laughs> Basically, as long as the phone's on my hand, it's, yeah, I'm working, so. And the weekend's the time to recharge. Yep, that's that's my work-life balance. 
So now you made a big decision. You decided to come in for a consultation today. So what brings you in here today? Now we can stop the role playing right now. Um, yep. So so basically, when someone comes in, there's a, there's a few things. If you notice, I didn't talk a lot. Yeah, you let me I, talk. I asked. You let the client talk. You ask questions. One thing that drives me nuts. Don't say every time someone says something. So I say, oh, where you're from, or what do you do, or what brought you there. Don't say, cool, cool, okay, right, right. Listen to what the person is saying. <laughs> Have a conversation. There were times I went back. I made, a, you know, I related with you, or we talked about Canada. I've been there before. Allow the person to feel like, you know what, this person generally wants to get to know me. Whatever question or whatever answer you gave me, I listened to it. And if there's an opportunity to kind of spin off that question or ask some more questions, I did that. A lot of people, they have this list of questions they have in their head. They ask question one, person responds, they say, cool. They go on to question two, they say, okay, all right, cool. They go on to question three, and it seems very impersonal. Yeah, and and very the reality dry. is, it's very dry. It's not, you know, if you're sitting there with a, with a consultation sheet, please put it away. You should have to do a consultation without a piece of paper, or at least, you know, um, your, the, the pre-done consultation sheet that a lot of gyms will use. Look the person in the eye for the phone, but, you know, when you're sitting down with someone, generally get to know them. See if you have things in common. Build some rapport. And I usually, you know, I use the form principle, which is family, occupation, recreation, motivation. So we talked about you, your, your family, where you're from, what you do. Um, you know, you, you do your, your workouts on the weekends. You relax. We just spend a little bit of time building a connection. And one thing when it comes to sales is that once you build a connection with someone and they actually feel connected with you, it's harder for them to say no. When someone feels very disconnected from you, it's easy for them to say, I'll think about it. They don't take it personally anymore. If you can actually get good rapport going and you can build a connection with that person, it is actually shown that it's so much harder for them to refuse your sale at the end. So take the time to do this. And I actually find, like, what I find really concerning is, is you know, in, in this day and age, and I, I would say more or less the, I guess, the generation after us, the, the younger generation, we live in such a social media age, yet people cannot be social. Yeah. And yep. it blows me away. <laughs> I've done this in groups where I, I've paired, I've paired a, you know, 50 people in a room and I pair them all up. And I just say, for five minutes, guys, just talk. Get to know each other. And the amount of people going, I'm stuck. I'm like, what the hell do you mean you're stuck? Talk. Like, I don't know what yeah. to say. And, you know, we live in this world now where everything is so fabricated. You know, the posts are fabricated. The, the, the text that we have and our cool little one-liners and our sayings. Like, everything is so prefabricated that we can't actually have a conversation with someone anymore. So this might actually take some time for a lot of people. And if you notice right at the end... Once you kind of get, get that, that rapport built and you're not sure what else to say, before that awkward silence comes and you're like, okay, so <laughs> before that happens, your segue question between rapport and the next part of this is always going to be, you know what, I really appreciate you coming in here today. Why did you come in? Or what can I help you with? Or what made you decide to come in and, and see me today? That's kind of like your segue question. Mm-hmm. So we build our rapport, step number one. We get our segue question is, you know, so what brings you in today or what can I do for you today? That brings us now to 
number two of our sales formula, which is the past, current, and future. And so I need you to do me a favor for a second. I need you to kind of be like more of a typical client. So in your opinion, what is probably the, the most in terms of the average person coming in to hire a trainer, what are usually the most common goals they have? Oh, lose fat. Okay. Tone up. I think, <laughs> I, think all, like, I would say at least probably about 75% of the people coming in to hire a trainer, they want to lose fat. Yeah. So do me a favor. I want you to be, we'll call you uh, Samantha. We'll give you a, a, an alter ego. And so in your mind, I don't want you to tell me right now, but in your mind, I want you to picture Samantha. Samantha's X pounds overweight, so you can determine how overweight she is. And I want you to kind of figure out her story. So how long has she been overweight for? Um, what are some of her habits? And we'll kind of go through now the past, current, and future and how I use this. And for those listening, this is one of the most powerful things you can do in your consultation, and I'll tell you why once we're done. So do you have kind of, a, of an idea of a person you can be right now? Sure. Okay. Got it. So we've gone through the rapport, um, and then I'll go through that segue question again with you. So, so Samantha, you know what? What brings you in here today? Well, I'd really like to to lose some weight, to lose some fat. Um, some fat. Yeah, it's gotten out of hand. So how much fat are we talking about here? Oh, I'd say 20 pounds. 20 pounds. Now let me ask you something. How long have you had this 20 pounds on for? Mm, well, it's kind of been last three years. So what happened three years ago to start putting this weight on? Well, um, went through sort of a breakup okay. and, you know, the, the job that I'm in now, like I, it's, uh, it's very long hours and, um, it's a lot of in the office. So, uh, I don't always have time to, um, pack my lunches and, you know, I just feel that I haven't been making the best choices with my meals okay. and I'm not, I'm not as motivated as I could be. It's the breakup. Okay. Now, what have you tried over the last three years to lose some of this weight? Oh, I tried some at-home workouts, um, just uh, like the apps and stuff, but I just uh, just didn't seem, it just doesn't seem as motivating to, uh, to do it from an app, I guess. Now, when you tried some of these things to make some changes, how long did you stick to these things for? Oh, I would try, let's see. It'd be good for about four months, and then I would, you know, kind of fall off. Now, did you see the kind of result that you were expecting in those four-month periods? Not entirely. I mean, it seemed to be a little bit better, but... um you know, I still didn't really see a lot of a lot of pounds lost. So, okay. like maybe like four pounds, five pounds, and then you know, like kind of relapse again. So, for the last three years, there's been some lifestyle changes. There's been some motivational issues. There's been changes in your life, and this kind of weight has slowly started to creep and creep and creep and creep and creep. And, creep and suddenly, you wake up, and here you are going. I don't want to be this way anymore. What was the, the deciding factor? Why, why now? Why not a month ago or two months ago or even a year ago? Why is it now you've made the decision to say, I'm going to call someone and see what I can do about this? 
Well, because everything else that I've tried, you know, it's efforts that, uh, you know, I thought I was making the right decision and I just don't think I had, you know, I just didn't believe in myself enough to, to go through with it. So. Now, what obstacles or what's keeping you in your current state right now? Uh, I guess I'm just, you know, um, a little nervous with putting myself out there. Like, I feel awkward, but, you know, and I'm not really comfortable with how my body feels right now. And, you know, I'm a little little embarrassed, but, um, you know, it's I'm just ready for a change, and I don't want to feel like this anymore. So. Okay. So let me ask you about your current habits. So if you were to explain to me what you are currently doing now to keep you in your state, what's keeping you from not losing weight? Uh, I guess it's just motivation and just, you know, not feeling, not feeling confident enough. And then just, you know, it's not, I mean, it could be, it could be worse, but I mean, it's definitely, I know it's, I'm not, I'm not being a very healthy lifestyle and I want to, I want to see myself do better than what I am, you know, what I'm currently doing right now. So. Okay. So let me, um, so let's say a year from now. Can you, I need you to do me a little bit of a favor here. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to picture a year from now that you look exactly the way you want to look. Can you paint me a picture from head to toe of, of, of visually what you look like? Areas that, that are improved or um, what are some things that come to your head with, with the way you look? Well, um, I guess I'd have to say, you know, my, my stomach, like I'd, I'd fit maybe a small pair of uh, leggings would be nice. Um, my stomach wouldn't, wouldn't be as jiggly. It'd be a little bit more toned. Um, so let's speak in the present tense. So not hopefully or maybe or wish. Okay. How does it look? My stomach is more toned. Uh, I'm wearing um, two sizes smaller leggings. Um, my cheeks aren't uh, as chubby anymore. My arms are tighter. I've got a little bit of shoulder definition, which is really nice. And I feel com- more confident, and uh, I'm walking a little bit taller, and, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy exercising now, and, you know, and my legs, um, my legs finally have some muscle definition, and them too, they're a little bit soft right now, so I'd like, to, I'd like to see that they are having some more tone to them. Okay. So let me ask you a very important question here. What habits do you need to change in order to become this person in the next year? Oh, I need to stay committed for longer than four months. Okay. I need to make healthier choices. Um, I need to figure out, you know, what meals I can make that uh, at home that are healthy, that are fast, because uh, I don't have a lot of time in the mornings. So, you know, it's much easier for me to go and just grab something from the coffee shop right now. And it's usually like a muffin and a coffee, which isn't that great. But that's the best of what the coffee shop by my office has. So, yeah, I need to, and I just need to, I think, just work a little harder. So I need to be a little bit more tougher on myself. Okay. Now let me ask you, who do you need to become? So I understand the habits you need to change. 
what people need to realize, and I hope you realize this too, is that if you if you stay the same person you are today, do you think you'll achieve the results that you want to achieve? Probably not. You can't. You can't be the same person. So the reality is people people need to change habits and change who they are. So who do you need to become to achieve the goals that, that you're putting forth right now? I need to become a much more confident, positive person that believes that I can achieve you know, my goals if that's what I want to achieve. Okay, what else? I need to value my health and I need to I need to become like a almost a Jillian Michaels. <laughs> okay. She seems and very confident and healthy and powerful. Now what do you need from me to help you with this? Well, I guess I would just need someone that's going to help bring, you know, bring out the best as far as, you know, motivation, keep me motivated, um, keep me accountable, um, especially in one of those days that I want to just sit and relax and watch Netflix instead of go work out. Um, and I think I can push myself a lot harder than what I do, so I definitely need, you know, I need something that's going to challenge me. Um, and, yeah, I just need more structure in my life. Okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll pause the role playing for a second so I can explain the process of what we just went through here. Building some rapport with you, step number one, mm-hmm. build a bit of a connection and brought some walls down. So you get to know someone, you tell them about their personal life, their family, stuff like that. People start to feel a little easier opening up to you. And I asked you, you know, what, what it is that brought you in. You're looking to lose some weight. And this is where we went through the three different steps, which is called the previous, the current, and the future. So if you notice I asked you questions like how long you've been in your current state for, it's been three years and it's been very gradual. What have you yeah. tried? What are your habits? How long have you tried? Understanding when someone comes in and says, hey, I want to lose 20 pounds. Let's look at three different scenarios. Someone wants to lose 20 pounds, and I ask, well, how long have you been in this current state for? And someone says, two years. I had a baby two years ago. The first year was really tough, and then, you know, the last year, I've been trying to get off this baby weight. That's, you know, a very typical situation you have. Someone says, I want to lose 20 pounds. How long do you want to lose 20 pounds for? 20 years of my life I've had this. Wow. There's a lot of habits there we had to break. Yeah. If someone says, hey, I want to lose 20 pounds, how long has it been? Six weeks. I'm like, I was joking, like, wow, it's impressive. What did you do or what happened <laughs> six weeks ago? Yeah. Um, got divorced, I lost my job, and I went on a bender. Okay, so yeah. those three, even though they want to lose 20 pounds, there's three very different ways or different situations, and those people have to be dealt with very differently. Mm-hmm. So we need to understand first how long has someone been in their current state for and if it's two years, two months, whatever it may be, what was that, that trigger to got them on their path? So you said there was a breakup, job was different, long hours, lifestyle, lost motivation. There's a lot of little things that went up there that I'm paying attention on that I need to make sure that we addressed in your programming. Then I went into the current. So I asked you the question of what's keeping you stuck in your current state? Understanding this is very important because people will make excuses or they'll make obstacles. And 
I ask you the question, you know, what, you know, what made you decide that now's the time? And so for people who want to lose weight for two years, two months, whatever it may be, it always amazes me that someone woke up and they decided that enough's enough. I need, I need to do something about this. So they decided to call you. You need to ask them, like, what was it that made you decide that today was the day? Because you didn't call me last week and you didn't call me last month or last year and you have felt this way for three years. So why today? So that's what the, the current is about, is understanding why now. Because usually there's a trigger. There's an, there's, I took a selfie and I posted it and I realized I've got three chins now and I don't like that and enough, <laughs> enough, enough. Um, yeah. you know, someone could put on a pair of pants that don't fit anymore or they're embarrassed or they go to a wedding or they go somewhere and someone makes a comment. Usually there's a trigger and someone's like, enough's enough. The next step of this is the future. So if I, you know, I had you close your eyes, I, I got you to paint me a picture of the first thing, and you actually did this without me asking, which is pretty impressive. So I asked you to paint me a picture of how you physically looked. And usually people will give me a physical, you know, my stomach, my, my ass, whatever. They give me a visual way, the, the way they look. Now I actually stopped you, because you started talking not in the present, but I wish or I hope, and I stopped you, and I had to say, no, imagine you already feel that way. Because people need to imagine themselves exactly how they're going to be, not how they hope to be. Now, what you did that I normally have to prime people with is you also attached a emotional connection to that. Because you, and, and usually I ask them after the physical, how do you feel a year from now? How do you feel with your kids or your spouse or at work? I try to attach an emotion co- co- component to it because that's more powerful than just how you look. And you, already, you, you filled in the answers for me, which is thank you for making my job easier. You know, you said <laughs> I felt, you know, I, I stood taller. I felt more confident. You can almost, when you do this with someone, you know, in person, you can almost see their whole body language starting to change when they start describing how they want to be in the future. Yeah. Then I asked you the million-dollar question. Who do you need to become and what habits do you need to change in order to achieve your goals? And you gave me a lot of great ones. You need to make a healthier choice. I need to be more, more committed. I got to put, you know, meals and, and priorities. I got to work harder. Um, you know, you have to value health more. You have to be more positive, more confident. You gave me all the answers. And then I finally asked you, what do you need from me? And we talked about motivation, knowledge, accountability. The whole time so far that we're doing this consultation, I've done nothing but ask questions. Yeah. I, I, I have not told you, I have not judged you, I have not told you what you need to do, what you need to stop doing. Literally, all I've done is sat here and I've asked you questions. And who's given me all the answers that I need? You yes, have. I am. Yep. And now, what's, what's, what's important about understanding this is from a psychological perspective, when you're going into a cell and someone tells you what they need, how commonly do you see trainers go into, oh, you only 20 pounds? I've got the fat loss program and I'm certified in this and here's my meal plan or let me see what you're eating right now. Oh my God, we got to change this and we got to do this and you got to change this. What's it like when you're a kid and your parents tell you what to do? You tell them to screw off. What's it like when you're in a relationship and your partner tells you all the things you're doing wrong and what you need to do right? Yeah. It doesn't usually end very well. Yeah. So, patient, this is so psychologically important that in order for a client to change, they have to believe and they have to give me the answers of what it is they need to do to change. Mm-hmm. So by you telling me that you need to be more positive, you have to value your health, you have to be more committed, you need to make healthier choices, you're already planting seeds in your brains of the things that, you're, that you want and need to change. Yeah. 
And then all I need to do is say, what do you need from me? We talked about before, you know, the six reasons why someone hires you. This is where I put that in. Now that you've told me all the things that you need to do, this is where people feel very overwhelmed. Going, oh, my God, there's a lot I need to do. I don't know how to do it. Great. How, what do you need from me? How can I coach you? Once again, they give me the answers. So yeah. far in this consultation, I've done nothing but ask questions. And this is hard for a lot of people because they just want to talk and say how great they are and how amazing they are and here's my services. But if you take the time to do this properly, clients will respond way, way better. So once we now know what you need, then the last half of this is where we start going into the sale just a little bit. So the, the next two are called the spectrum and the staircase. Yeah. So if you can do me a favor right now, if you still have a piece of paper and a pen, just draw a straight line right across your sheet. Just a straight line, put a zero on one end, put a hundred on the other. All right. So this is going to be your spectrum. So you have zero percent on one end on the left and you have a hundred percent on the right side. Okay. Now I want you to be Samantha again. So not, not you. And I want you to be the average person that comes into a gym. They're pumped up. They're amped to go. They're, yes, I want to make changes. And so I ask you, okay, now I know what you need to do. You give me a ton of information. I really, really appreciate that. So let's figure out how we're going to do this. Samantha, let me ask you a question. Between a zero and a hundred percent, what are you willing to give me right now to achieve your goals? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's probably the most common answer that I get. Mm-hmm. And I smile and I go, okay, you know what, Samantha? Let me let me paint you a picture of what hundred percent looks like. So we're going to do six cardio sessions a week, preferably in the morning, empty stomach. We're going to train six days per week. Um, do me a favor and a lot of Tupperware. We're going to pre-plan all your meals, get a scale. We're going to weigh everything. All your liquids, all your foods, all your supplements will be pre-packaged, pre-weighed, and every single day we were going to be on point. And at this point, the client usually looked at me and they're like, Jesus Christ, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> and, and, I, you know, and then usually the next question is like, what, what does 50% look like? Yeah. <laughs> this, this is what 100% looks like. Is that what you're willing to give me? And usually the client says no. Mm-hmm. For those listening, this is very important. This is where I smile and I look at them and I don't need you to give me 100%. And the look on their face is priceless. Their whole body just breathes and like, oh, thank God. <laughs> and, and the reality is, you know what, and, and you've competed before. Yeah. I think it's disrespectful when a client comes in and says, hey, I'm willing to give 100%, and they're doing three workouts per week and two cardio sessions, and it turns out, yeah, you're giving me 100%. That's disrespectful for the people out there who committed 100%. So for people like you who, who literally spent 12 to 16 weeks at 100%, you know what I'm talking about, what you know the definition of 100%. Yeah. And most people hiring us realistically are not giving 100%, and that's completely fine. And I'm doing this for a reason. You'll see why in a second. So I paint the picture of what does 50% look like? And the reality is 50% would be half of 100. So, you know, doing three cardio sessions per week, three workouts per week, Sticking to their diet about 80% or so, to me, falls between the 50 and 60% category. Yeah. I look at Samantha and I say, this is completely up to you. Are you willing to give me about 50 or 60% or do you want to go 100? What do you think is the common response that I get? Oh, they're probably going to settle at 50 to 60% right now. And I let them know that that's completely okay. Yeah. Now, once we get, so this is what I mean by the effort spectrum. How much are you willing to put in? 
And I want them to be very honest with me. I want to be very honest with them because I don't, I don't want to lie to clients. Um, I, I think it's sad that we live in this, this social media world where people are tricked to think that, oh, my God, six-pack in 12 weeks. Look at me. Yeah. I transform my body in 12 weeks. I'm going to go on the record by saying the people that you're watching transform their body in 12 weeks, there's drugs involved. There's other coaching involved that goes on and cardio that goes on that you don't even see. It is not an easy process. And yet we lie, whether it's the magazines, whether it's the social media people, we don't see what it truly takes to transform your body in 12 weeks. And for those who are just the average person, you're a mom of two, let's be honest, you're not, you're not, you're not going home and taking frag and taking drugs and taking other stuff that people are doing to compete. Yeah. So let's not even try to pretend that you can achieve those results in 12 weeks. And I tell my clients, like, you know what, I'm honest with them going to happen in 12 weeks and they're okay with that so once we understand the spectrum the sec the, the, the number four that we go into what's called the staircase and this is where I take a piece of the same piece of paper and I draw just a little staircase I draw five or six steps and I say you know on the bottom of the staircase here's where you are point a on the top of the staircase here's where you need to be which is point B now it's easier when I visualize this with people but the reality is for someone to lose 20 pounds if you can tell me this number, I'd be pretty impressed. But you know how many calories somebody has to burn to lose 20 pounds? Just take a, a wild guess. How many calories? Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> For, oh, like, over like, the course of, like, the span so, of so weeks or? Well, no. Like, so, so basically the total calories needed to be burned to lose 20 pounds. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's. It's, I'm, I'm going to test your math. I don't, even, I don't, even, I don't even know. 70, I can't even do the math right now in my yeah, head. <laughs> it's it's 70,000 calories you have to burn. I was going to say 100,000, but yeah. So if I, put, if, if I now put that into perspective, if you want to lose 20 pounds in 10 weeks, you have to burn 1,000 calories a day. If you want to burn 20 pounds in three months, you have to burn 833 calories a day. Six months, 400 calories. Nine months, 270 calories. Now, before we start getting, like, hate mail coming in, I understand. Like, I'm just talking about basic, talking to your clients. We're not talking about, you know, what kind of calories and blah, blah, blah. We're not those are, are shot or if they have proper liver support to actually break down fat. Like, don't get too technical with me right now. Yeah. I'm just basically saying for, for, for purposes of visualization for a client, we know that in order to burn a pound of fat, you've got to burn 3,500 calories. So just to show my clients this, you know, can you burn or can you lose 20 pounds in 10 weeks? Of course you can. It just requires a lot of work. So when I, when I show my clients this, I'm like, look, you can easily burn 20 pounds in three months. You just got to be at a deficit of 800 calories every single day, every single day. And the one day you're just out of balance or you're at a surplus, well, everything gets pushed back a couple of days. So when Samantha sits down and sees this, I'm like, look, would you like to burn and she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, great. You only 800 calories a day. You have to be in a deficit every single day of your life. So we have to be like, fuck that. <laughs> what, what, what does six or nine months look like? I'm like, well, if you can promise me that you can be in a deficit every single day for, you know, for six months and you're in a deficit of 400 calories a day, we'll reach your goals. Once again, I put the onus on the client. Mm -hmm. They have to commit to me the amount of time and the effort it's going to take. Why do I do this? One, it helps me sell longer-term sessions. When they look at this, they're like, look, I'm in for six or nine months. I'm not doing this in 12 weeks. So what's the point of me even selling a 12-week package? Yeah. 
it makes it very easy for me. They, so far they've told me all their problems, what habits they need to change, how much effort they're willing to give me, and how long it's going to take. I've done nothing so far but ask questions. So now Samantha's going, I'm willing to give you 50, 60%. Well, based on that, that's going to take us about six to nine months to reach your goals. Yeah. Now, we all know, and again, before I have the trolls of the world emailing me, messaging me, oh, my God, but I lost so much weight in six weeks. Yes, you can. But again, what we're trying to do here is get the client to understand what's necessary to get there. And I'd much rather sell a nine-month package and they reach their goals in four or five months and we maintain for four months. Mm-hmm. then promise my client that I'm going to get them 20 pounds in 12 weeks and they don't lose that weight and then they're mad at you. Yeah. So when I go through the staircase with them, I'm, like, I'm literally look, saying, here's the steps. How long would you like this to take? The shorter the amount of time, the more intensity and the more of, a, of an effort I need from you. And again, my expectations are not, I don't need this done in 12 weeks. Samantha, it's completely up to you. I'm here to coach. It takes the pressure off of me, and it puts the onus back on the client. What's interesting is we haven't talked about sales yet, and we haven't talked about packages, yet Samantha's already thinking how long she's going to work with me. Yeah. Now, then we go into step four, uh, sorry, sorry, step five and step six, which is the process and the call to action. So at this point, once I'm done with the staircase, and Samantha tells me how long she's willing to commit to this and how, how much effort she's willing to commit, I actually pull out sample programs sample meal plans, sample assessments. I have a whole collection of other people's programs. And I'm like, Samantha, you know what? You remind me of, you know, a client that I once worked with. Um, my client, Sarah, was in a very similar situation as you. She slowly put on a lot of weight. She got really fed up. And let me show you what I did with her. I would go through my process. We went through an assessment. We went through a diet plan. We went through some habit changing. We set her up some weekly accountability. And here's the workouts that we did. And I'm letting Samantha look at the exact process that I used with someone else. It shows that I've done this before. It shows that I've got confidence. So, hey, if Sarah went through it, I can go through it too. Yeah. So I give her a teaser of what she's about to receive, and then we go into the last part, which is the sell or the call to action. So, Samantha, you know what? Let's get you started with an assessment this Thursday. I've got a spot at five or six, what works best for you, and that's it. So by the time we go through the rapport, past, current, future, the spectrum, the staircase, by the time I do all of that, the client is now amped ready and realizes that they need some help. I'm the solution to their problem. Once I go through my process, they can tangibly see what they're about to receive. It is hard for them to object. Very hard to get once they get to that point. So that is literally what I've been using for over a decade as my sales process. Amazing! It paints a it paints, totally paints a picture. It you know, reaches them on an emotional state, psychological state. You know, you've already you've built that rapport with them. They've already invested um, themselves with you. You know, and then, yeah, you're right. It makes it really hard for them to to say no. To working with you because of that time spent and because you've just allowed them to basically paint a picture for themselves and, you know, see the results that they can get with you. And especially by, in you know, step five, you know, your process and showing um, someone else's progress and making that connection that, hey, if, you know, Ainsley can do it, I can do it. So the best advice I can give people is don't make statements, make questions. Ask as many questions as possible. 
you know, if you can summarize this in terms of tell me more about yourself, there's a question. What brings you here today? There's a question. How long have you been yeah. stuck for? What needs to change? Who do you need to become? All questions. Yeah. How much effort are you willing to give me? How long is this going to take us? All questions. Yeah. It plays such a psychological impact on someone when you ask, when they're giving you the answer, they're, re- they're willing to make that change. I see way too many people, hey, what are your goals? Cool. How are you going to feel when you achieve those goals? Great. Whether you're also standing in your way. And, like, and then right away, they're like, okay, so here's me. Here's my qualification. And here's who I work in. Here's why I'm so awesome. And follow me on Facebook and, and, and Instagram. And here's how I can help you. And here's what it's going to cost. I got packages of 10, 12, 20, 30, 40, 50. And here's what it costs. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, we joke, but that's what I see all the time. People yeah. are so quick to say, here's why you should hire me because I'm awesome. And here's my prices. And if you can go through, so those that have written this down before, if you, if you can really practice going through this process and just taking time to ask the proper questions, they will literally give you all the answers you need. And so easy. Yeah, that is amazing. I know this is going to, this is going to be a major aha. I hope, I hope the Instagram, you know, <laughs> the number, the category threes, I hope they're paying attention to this. <laughs> Here's the problem I have is that category one people, they're taking notes. Category yeah. two people, they're taking notes. Category four people are smiling going, yes, you know what, we're on the same page. Category three people are going, screw you, man. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm awesome. They don't even realize that's, that's That's the biggest problem I have with the category three people is that they already think they are so fucking amazing that they can't get any better, and they have no clue how fucking awful they are. Yeah. And you know what, if you're listening to this right now and you're offended, you're part of the problem. If you're not offended, then you're, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years, and I, I still, I can't go a day. I literally cannot go a day without improving myself or realizing my limitations, what I need to work on, bettering myself as much as possible, while continuing to help inspire other people. The moment you stop realizing that there's so much room for growth, and I think you can attest to this too, yeah. The more you start growing, the more you realize how little you know. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I, I feel like I, I know less now than I did 15 years ago because when I was five years into, into what I was doing, I thought I knew everything. Until <laughs> so you realize, like, wow, like, I, there's yeah. not a lot that I know. Um, oh, absolutely. Just, I really do think those Category 3 people who have been doing this for, you know, six months, thinking about, please, as much as you can, surround yourself with great people, constantly keep learning, try to better yourself as much as possible just because you have – 50,000 followers and a whole bunch of people message you every day thinking that you're awesome. Don't, don't stop trying to improve what it is that you do. Yeah. Big time. I, I, you know, and I hope, I hope it just doesn't keep, you know, making a vicious cycle, you know, because a lot of those cases, you know, they, they haven't, they might be, they might be getting people, they might be getting sales, but they're not, they're doing it because yeah, people are, you know, maybe a little starstruck or whatever, but I mean, you've never had to really work for that still. You've never had to really do it from a point of allowing the other person to share their, you know, their struggles, what they want to achieve. You haven't even allowed them to paint that picture with you. So it's like, you might, you might be getting those people, but how satisfied are they with, you know, the results that they're getting from working with you afterwards? Have they- you nailed it right on the head. And usually what happens to Category 3 people is they're famous for a year. And as soon as people don't get the results that they want to get or people realize that the service that they're getting is not that great, they tend to fall off or those people don't survive very long. 
Um, what, what's challenging though is I do find the category three people is because of their, their social media status and their fame and their following, I find it's like, I find it's like the blind leading the blind now. You know, people go, oh, I saw that person on, on Instagram and they're showing me a really good glute exercise. I'm like, first of all, that, that exercise is horrible. It's ridiculous. And that person doesn't have a clue what they're talking about. Yeah, but it got like 40,000 likes. I'm like, oh, dear God. <laughs> you know, we have, we have an industry now that is learning 60 seconds at a time. And what I mean by that is Instagram teaches us at 60 seconds max. And, yeah. you know, we, we literally have uh, a population of people teaching the industry exercises or movement or mobility or nutrition 60 seconds at a time. And that's a scary, scary way of learning how to become great at something is, is, is learning, you know, one minute at a time. You know, yeah. uh, that's why I like stuff like this. People, anyone who's taken the time to listen to this entire podcast, they actually give a shit about making themselves better and, and improving themselves. And, you know, if you've invested in this time, I really do hope that there's something you've taken from this that you can make your sales better or make yourself better or make make more money doing what you love to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, just following this process. If you haven't been doing this before and you follow this process, you'll make more money. Please, please, please let us know. Message Joe. Message myself. Let us know if you landed, you know, you know, a client. If you close a sale using uh, Joe's six-step sales formula, you know, would love to hear it. If this has been a game changer for you, I mean, it's definitely, yeah. This, <laughs> please, category three, <laughs> message us. But Joe, no, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Is there any opportunity for you? Let me know. Yeah, Absolutely. anytime. Absolutely, and thank you again for uh, coming back here and sharing another wealth of knowledge here. Everyone uh, appreciates all this free value that you've given out today, and be sure to uh, link up all of your uh, social media handles, how people can get a hold of you. I know you're offering a program right now to work with you. Can you speak on that for a second? So depending on what people are looking to do, I run two businesses. So I run my um, ATS course, which is a certification course for personal trainers and teaching trainers how to properly assess, blueprint, correct, and train clients. Um, and then I do business consulting. So I, my passion is, is to take good trainers and help them learn how to make money. People are great at training, but the reality is we, we didn't get into this field because we love business. We love helping people. So I love the business side, and I love helping people make as much of an impact doing what they love to do. Um, for anyone looking at making 2018 amazing, I've got two spots left for a half-day mentorship where I literally blueprint your entire 2018 for you, which is via Skype, or if you're in, probably most people will not be in the area I live in, in, in a small town in Canada, but if anyone's interested in learning more about that, um, reach out to me. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank Have you so much for having me. You too. Thanks for listening, guys. That was episode 17. I hope you enjoyed it. And, of course, have to announce the winner from December of the $50 Amazon gift card is going to go out to Instagram user Simon Philibert one Dude, I hope I pronounced that name right, but that gift card is yours. And we're up in the ante for January. All you got to do is leave a review of my podcast on Apple iTunes and one winner is going to get a $100 Amazon gift card for the month of January. So leave those reviews and one person is going to get that gift card. Thanks for listening, guys.
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable. If you believe you're unfuckwithable, go ahead and share this podcast.